Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 160, episode 5 of Day Daily Zeitgeist, a production yeah. of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into American shared consciousness. It's Ooh. Friday, November 20th, 2020, uh, 61 days until January 20th. 2021 okay. uh, so many 20s wow my name it's, wait is... let's form a conspiracy theory right <laughs> yeah now. it's like we're gonna do a just like jim carrey's the number 23 uh <laughs> the daily zeitgeist the number 20 something 20 something 20 anything yeah my name is jack o'brien aka i always feel like drinking a baja freeze uh that is courtesy of picked last in zeit class uh, or at go to Joe three zero three three zero. I don't know how they got that handle, but they did it. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my co-host Jamie Lofton. I got some hot takes, buttons all teethy. I got some hot <laughs> takes, Jamie at night. I may be little zip, but my takes demon. Gotta have some hot takes with Miles Cheese and Jack O'Brien. Ooh, listen to that little okay. run there. That was pretty. Yeah, my animals just uh, are, d- died. They died because I did that. I, um, I really like it. I'm always impressed you. by your singing. Uh, yes, Miles is off decompressing uh, in the uh, southern hemisphere. It's the right uh, thing to do. Yeah, we're, we're each going to take a couple days to decompress from the election uh, that we just ran for Joe Biden. Um, and we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious and talented Allison Rosen! Hello, I'm so excited to be here. Congratulations on the campaign you ran for Biden. <laughs> Thank you. I was unaware that I was going to be forced to sing, so I'm not going to. Oh. This almost sounded, do you know that SNL sketch where Kristen Wiig is like, oh, don't make me sing, and then she keeps singing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, it seemed like I was going to head into that. Like, I didn't yeah, know I was going to Yeah, we can tell that you that. want. <laughs> You're just I begging do have to a, sing right I now. I have a piano here. It's just coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> Allison, what have you been up to since we last spoke with you? Oh, God. Just preparing for this day. And yes. it's finally here. Finally. It's been like... An advent calendar where each day I just read the news <laughs> and I hope that I'll get a chance to talk about it. Um, no, what have I been doing? Well, I've been fretting a bit about Ooh. COVID, fretting about the country, fretting about uh, the election those first couple days, even though everyone had said, you know, we're not going to have the results right away. There's going to be a red mirage. Uh, when it happened, those first couple days, I still felt very worried and very concerned and like, oh my God, I just didn't realize this many people still supported him. And then ultimately when it kind of shook out, I began to feel like, oh, well, it really was kind of a statement that people are done with him. So I felt better about that. And then also just doing my show. Yeah, yeah. My shows. Your shows. Yes. Um, And raising my children, that a distant third. But what else besides that? Besides all besides, those things. Besides all those things. <laughs> yeah, let's come see. on. That's not enough. I, <laughs> How um, old are your kids? I have uh, Elliot, who is three and a half, and Owen, who's one and a half. Wow. Oh, yeah. we're, we're in similar b- ballparks 
uh, four and two over here. So four and two. Mine are all. Yeah. I say three and a half because I feel like they're at the age where no one wants to do the math of me saying months, but they both have birthdays in February. So actually, Ooh, wow. I could I could say they're almost four and two. Yeah. The big development uh, is that now they like to take baths together, so it's incredibly uh, cute, and it's a little so bit easier fun. actually. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. g- good serotonin to just have in your house? That's amazing. Yeah. I, it I, really is. I do feel like I use my kids as antidepressants. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I definitely can be feeling very uh, beside my. Oh my god! I just remember. Hang on. I just remember the other thing I've been doing. Let me finish my <laughs> sentence about the kid. I've been feeling beside myself or when I feel beside myself, then if I just spend some time really playing with them, being in the moment with them, mm-hmm. um, it like, it, it's always this reminder that this is what I should be doing, not right. you know, scrolling and worrying and stuff like that. Um, so I, I, I feel very fortunate that I have them. What I've been, do- the main thing I've been doing is I've been, watching the vow and seduced and then listening to that podcast escaping nexium i am not usually a true crime person this is not really something you'd think i would like and then i just got so sucked in have you guys mm. watched this Mm-mm. yeah are you I've, aware of it i've watched Jamie's all in. of them yeah <laughs> i feel like it. it is like it, even more I, i'm very easily pulled into a uh, doom spiral media mm. uh but now more than ever <laughs> Yeah, right. no, I've watched I I just finished Seduced and I watched The Vow. The Vow pissed me off. Why? Uh, because it just a lot of it felt like um people who were integral to like the people who a lot of the po- um not podcast documentary were about were trying to like get ahead of stuff and I feel like they were making it a lot about them and I just I I liked I thought Seduced was a far more like comprehensive, clear, detailed account of of that story right um yes there is so jack you have not seen any of this right I, you don't know no, I, but i've i am uh sad enough that i follow other people's thoughts on the documentary <laughs> that i haven't seen so i'm right so second hand you're up yeah. to speed so the vow is i think nine episodes and it follows some of the same characters who are in seduced which is more succinct and it's four episodes Mm-hmm. And they're in the vow. They they are portrayed, or they portray themselves as victims. But there's this question of like, were you really victims? You were integral. You were top earners in the company. You right. were recruiting Part of the power structure. They Sarah. never talk about how much money they were making during this time. They ne- I don't know. I just yeah. And also yeah. just on a personal viewing experience, I'm like the vow could have been three hours. Right. Well, that's what, <laughs> yeah, that's what everyone says, and yet yeah. I still like hung on. Even the late ep- there was a p- when they went down to Mexico near the very end, where I'm like, "Who are these new people they're introducing?" Um, then I was like, "Okay, I, I do feel like I'm going to fall asleep." But other than that, I was hooked. <laughs> I was hooked well, the whole time. Where they lost me was just the t- when the there's like a moment where the main couple that we're following, or one of the main couples, it's like Bonnie, Bonnie and, and Mark. Mark, I mean, not that I. No. <laughs> Mark <laughs> especially them, I'm like Mark I just he he but anyways they go to their storage unit to look at their old stuff and they're just it's the most useless scene in all that it's just like in for me it was just an empty pass at trying to get the viewer to sympathize with them where she's like wow look it's my Star Wars action figure and he's like <laughs> 
look, it's the DVD of the movie I made. Wow, that feels so long ago. And I'm like, what does this have to do yeah. with fucking anything? Like, get like, off look, my screen. I wrote a book. That was Piss a lifetime ago. It seemed like they had paid someone to make title cards. And they're like, we got to use them. Because she's like, look, I found shifter and he's like oh you found the shifter module this is like literature right. that the cult had given them right and so Spawn she Con. looks at shifter yeah. <laughs> yes she looks at shifter and then across the screen or like the screen goes black and you just see like the word shifter which is in the same style as other titles they had used mm-hmm. but they don't go into it at all and then they're like and something with the fall and then across the screen the fall goes it's right. like they were they just, just like threw editing everything. the furniture around right yes uh. That's yeah. interesting that it, because it sounds like it's a similar model to Firefest, like the Firefest documentaries, where you have like one that is like part of the pe- like people who are part of the original con, and then mm-hmm. the other one. But those were kind of indistinguishable. It sounds like these are a little bit more distinct. Yeah, the Val though we we have nine episodes so far. You we should uh, make that point that they have renewed it for a second season somehow. Really? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and huh? the final episode of The Vow has footage that indicates what the point of view of the second season is going to be. And to people who are considering joining Nexium like me, and I'm joking, but <laughs> I also am spending enough time that I feel like I could, um, it's quite titillating. Mm. Well. Into, a little bit morally, indif- you know, I'm not going to be so uh, vague about this. Um, you see Nancy, who's like the second in command, you see mm-hmm. her with an ankle bracelet. So mm-hmm. it's clear they got an interview with her after she's already been arrested. And then you hear Keith, the head of the whole thing, call from prison. So it's like you're going to get their point of view in the second season. Yeah. Which Finally. is like, do we really? Yeah. I'm like, do we really need to let go deeper Keith into cook. like, let's get the, I don't, I don't know. I, I, by the end, I honestly wasn't paying close enough attention to the final episode because right. I was just kind of frustrated with it. Yeah. I, but that said, will I watch it? Yeah, I will. So I, I will of, not, but I will listen to you guys talk about it. Hell yeah. I mean honestly, it's podcasts. just it's it's more interesting. Um <laughs> but hearing myself talk about it makes me think, "Oh wow, what has happened to me?" Mhm. Listen mm-hmm. to me cuz I always and I I feel I don't even know if this if it qualifies as true crime. I think so. It's not murdery, but it is crime. But in general, I, I sometimes worry that there's something a bit exploitative about true crime. Mm. And so to hear Definitely, myself yeah. so deep into like other people's foibles and anguish makes me think, what yeah. happened to you? Yeah. I feel like I've, I've felt the same way a lot. And then it, that, I think that, I don't know, it seems like one of those 2020 things where I'm like, yeah, I should reckon with why I respond to stuff like that this way next year like yeah. Yeah. probably not this year right That's, uh, right everything's sure getting like a 2021 thing yeah <laughs> right everything's getting reprioritized right now i say <laughs> yes. even jack is it like this for you and your children things that my kids were working on like potty training giving up pacifiers things oh, like yeah. that there's been a huge regression and i'm not fighting it so much yeah mm-hmm. I, I we're cutting ourselves a, a nice little break on that front but yeah. then i'm also like is it going to be easier when they're like going back to school and we're like going back to work and having to adapt back to uh, seeing people in person? Right. Probably, and but yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think that there is, there's the social pressure of it. So I think that once my, my son is back around kids his own age who are 
toilet trained and not using a pacifier yeah. and things like that. I'm hoping that'll that'll be incentive. It's funny at the beginning. Everyone was like, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to finally get my house organized. This is a great time to potty train my kids. Da, da, da. And I feel like yeah. no one is doing any of that anymore. We've all let it go. Mm. Yeah. But once I'm going to eight three-year-old birthday parties a weekend again, <laughs> I will have more energy and more time to uh, focus <laughs> on this stuff. Same. You know how they say if you want to get something done, ask a busy person. Right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's actually again. true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad they say that. That makes me feel better. Thank <laughs> right. you. Um, all right. We're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment, Allison. First, let's tell the listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. Um, just the latest in the, you know, what what's happening in Trump's Twitter thread about the election, Rudy Giuliani, tip of the spear. A uh, very dull tip of the spear uh, for for that whole thing. We're going to talk about the war on Thanksgiving. It's back and it's coming for you, Americans. Talk about the Catholic Church, maybe. I don't know. Uh, we'll talk about uh, COVID-19 themed holiday decorations, all of that. Plenty more. Uh, but first, Allison, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? I recently searched ski towns in Iowa. And again, there's an embarrassing television reason that I searched this. Uh, I was, okay, I saw so many people tweeting about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City that I thought, you know, now that my Nexium programming is over, what am I going to (laughs) watch? I'm ultimately watching The Queen's Gambit. And wow, her bangs are short at the beginning. But so I was watching that. (laughs) And then my husband. What a wig. (laughs) It's a wig, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's a wig. Yeah. Well, uh, on the child, not necessarily, maybe. I think they were just like, we're going to give you a stupid haircut. But also, Anya Taylor-Joy has had some weird bangs over the years. You never know. Yeah. She looks looks like Bjork to me. But the place that her hair starts from... In the it's like far in the back, like the bangs Mm. start far in the back. So I feel like it might be a wig. Um, but yeah, I I was distracted by the wig work in that show. Uh, Same, yeah, same. I don't think they want the wigs to be upstaging their actors. Yeah, Mm. someone let them know. Uh, so anyway, (laughs) we were watching Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and my husband was saying something about like. I know that everyone loves Salt Lake City, but I just don't think it's that pretty. And then I was trying to remember. Um, so back in in a, a lifetime ago for me, not really that long ago, but I, I uh, was a magazine journalist and I was sent to Idaho by Hallmark Magazine to write a story about, it was a New Year's celebration story. It was interesting how they did it. They had like, I think they cast a group of people to be friends or maybe they were sort of friends in real life, but it was cast. And then there was this like beautiful, big log cabin style house. And the story was supposed to follow this group of friends and their new year's celebration. um, And they were going to like cook all. So it was Hallmark magazine. So it's like warm and cozy and they were, which is, it's, it's not around anymore. And they were going to like cook (laughs) these various things. And then they were going to write, um, new year's plans and read them by the fire and start this annual tradition. And And these were people that the magazine cast. They cast them, but it was like their real names. (laughs) Yeah, I know it's, 
Yes. I, I also, at the time, it didn't strike me as mind-boggling, but looking back, it feels mind-boggling. But I do <laughs> think the thing is, it was a sort of small town. So mm-hmm. while there was an element of casting, I think they also did know each other. Maybe they'd been sent from the same agency or something. I don't exactly sure. remember. But I was, and I remember it being beautiful. It was the only time I'd been to Idaho and I remember it being beautiful, but I couldn't remember because I was like, was it Boise? I don't think so. And so then I searched ski towns in Idaho because I was trying to remember where this all was and mm-hmm. it was Sun Valley. Sun Valley. Oh. Did you do other work for Hallmark Magazine? I'm very, I'm very confused about the like the fact that they were reality show casting a travel magazine story. Is that a thing? It that wasn't travel a travel magazine, magazine story. story. Okay, I just it. traveled to write the story. It was a story it. about. It was like gather with your friends around the fire for. Here's an idea of something you could do for New Year's. You could make cornbread muffins. You could make. Brent's chili. Brent mm. was the husband. You could do this. You could make like, you know, Sue Ann's hot chocolate. And while you go snowshoeing and snowshoeing is a great activity for kids because you can and this because you can chat while you're doing it. Mm. And then as the clock strikes midnight, everyone is going to write down their New Year's resolution. And then a year from now, we'll all gather again and we'll read them or something. It was like a wow. narrative. It, but again, you can tell by the way that I'm having trouble making it sound cohesive i don't quite remember <laughs> it, it was but you know but it, it was like a sounds like a black mirror episode like it sounds yes. very strange where you're I like a- some piece of technology or some uh social structure is like putting you together with people who you have to do these like fun friend activities with even though you mm-hmm. don't really know them mm-hmm. what are you gonna I- say jamie I will say the idea of now that I know that Hallmark magazine exists, I'm so into that. I wish I could still subscribe to it. I'm looking at old covers and it's just so, oh, the autumn. It's just every, every cover. It's autumn. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's very, it's a very snuggly magazine. Um, I had written, I'd done some music reviews for them. And I remember I described in one review, I think I just I I referred to the honey drenched vocals or maybe I said dulcet tones or something like that. And then the next review of a different band, I used the phrase again. And they're like, you, 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 I think I don't think it was honey drenched. I think it was dulcet tones. They're like, you used dulcet tones last time. Like, well, you've had me review two dulcet toned (laughs) albums. Right. Is it kind my of fault there's thing. so much dulcet tones happening? I it's like it's uh I would love to go back and, and read those reviews because I feel like what what kind of music were they sending you? Was it all just like dulcet toned honey drenched book? It was like, yeah. it was like it was, spa massage soundtracks. No, I think it was like a lot of Nora Jones sounding yeah. stuff. That, yeah. that actually makes yeah. more sense. Yeah. That's the vibe. Wait, what is, who am I thinking of as like this is Hallmark magazine? Nora Jones is. Yeah. Nora Jones is is absolutely the vibe. There's also some some jazz. This isn't interesting enough for me to <laughs> kill myself over trying to remember. I'll remember. Like honestly, that never stops me. <laughs> That's <laughs> just ask anyone who listens to my podcast. I know that Elvis Costello was or is married to her. Oh, what? Krauss. Alice yes. Krauss. Krauss. Yeah. Or That's wait, good... Diana Krall. Diana Krall. Oh, Diana yes. Krall. Okay, Who's that's Alison Krauss. I don't know. I don't know. I was, I was so on board with <laughs> that. I was like, yes. Alison I gotta look Krauss. that up. I feel like she is also a, per- a singer. 
Diana Alison Krauss is an American bluegrass country singer. Yeah. Okay. So at least she exists. Okay. And she sounds like the vibe too. Yeah. Diana Krall is a Canadian jazz pianist that I'm like, that's the Hallmark Channel Mm. vibe for me. Yeah. 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 Love it. And Um, if I remember correctly, the actual Hallmark compound, I don't know if it's still there. I had never been there, but like where Hallmark is headquartered, it stretches across the border of two towns, I think, and it's huge. And I was always mm-hmm. fascinated by it. That's Damn. that's so interesting. I went to eBay for like some business thing uh, a few years <laughs> okay. ago. Uh, no big deal. <laughs> Just <laughs> uh, you know, where is this going? But it no, it's like there there's this trend of companies that have corporate headquarters that are like the Epcot attraction of that company's brand. Mm, Like Starbucks is the same way. And it's just, it's weird. They put a lot of work into this thing that only is for people who come there on vague business things. Right. Like they refer to where they all work as their campus. Yes. Campus. Uh Uh-huh. What was eBay like? eBay had like a bar, but then like they, I don't know. It just had like cool stuff around like, it was like a, a TGI Fridays with like stuff that you could like cool stuff you got on eBay, like decorating the place. I honestly um, just imagined it to be like full of uh, Beanie Babies. That's that to yeah. me is eBay right. still. Well, the walls were all made of Beanie Babies, <laughs> uh, condensed Beanie Babies. Um, Want to hear something dis- that, that you might find disgusting? Yeah. I purchased our duvet cover and sheets off eBay because I got an idea in my head <clears throat> of what I wanted. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of blue and white. And I know that's very trendy right now, but I swear I've been into blue and white before <laughs> everyone else climbed on board. And so I wanted a particular like bl- like blue and white porcelain. Those I wanted a, a bedspread that looked like that. And I couldn't find one, but I found one on eBay and I bought it. And it's it's really nice. Uh, but sometimes I think, how gross is it that I got something like that on eBay? It, mm. it claimed that it was new, but open. Like it was not still sealed, but it, they right. said it was new and unused. But I don't know if that's true. Yeah. I feel like that. I feel like that's fair game. I don't know. I've I've made similar eBay purchases. Maybe I'm being defensive as well. But I think I think it's I think it's fair game if it's sealed yeah. and good to go. Hell you can yeah. wash it. Yeah, but al- yeah. yeah, also when people talk, people buy clothes on eBay all the time and that's yeah. even more up on yeah, your junk. Yeah, closer to your body. Yeah, right, yeah. okay. <laughs> the word I was looking for when I was thinking of Hallmark Magazine is like Huga, that like Danish word that is oh, like yeah. a national movement that like I feel like What's that? Hallmark Magazine should have, should still be around and just be like embrace American Huga. H Y G G E. Reach right? out to me, Hallmark. I want to come to your campus. I want to uh, <laughs> consult with you on what your magazine should be. Uh, I'm looking at they, Hallmark has two editions of their own Monopoly games. Wow. <laughs> For autumn also, and winter, the only two recognized months. We're a sneaky big Hallmark podcast uh, because we we also Miles is obsessed with Hallmark holiday movies and we talk about those quite a bit. So great. Uh, they you know, well, I always isn't the word. I'll be scrolling through the guide and I'll see like 
I'm trying to remember the description of the last one I saw. I'll look at the description and I'll look at the photo and I'll think that sounds good. And then I turn it on and then I, unlike everyone else, it seems I don't get sucked in. I think, nah, I'm not into this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I'm also one of the only people who's ever been arrested for use of a Hallmark card uh, because my friends and I got when when I was like, I think 12, we sent a like those hallmark personalized card machines like computer things had just come out mm-hmm. and we got kicked out of a little caesars and it was okay. next door to a hallmark and so we went <laughs> and made a personalized hallmark card uh to the little caesars store manager who kicked us out that was like fuck you man <laughs> jerk and gave it to him cuz we were bad boys uh, and he called the police on us, and the for police what? came. That doesn't for make sense. Saying "fuck you," and then we we were also racing shopping carts in the little strip mall when they showed up, and so they said we were like being endangering people. It was, I think, that it was more like uh, as Miles has described it, it's getting white people arrested, where they're like trying to teach you a lesson, mm. and uh, you know, think it's funny and cute. I mean that's a lot what of effort. You went, you got a car, you bought him yeah. a card. That's very yes. punk rock, yeah. Yeah, very yeah. punk rock. <laughs> <laughs> also, so it's punk. really hard to get kicked out of a little Caesar. Yeah, speaking what were from you experience? Doing? So that's pretty impressive. Uh, we were pushing each other, and one of my friends like fell and ripped something off the wall as he was falling. Um, and yeah, that will totally. do it. That'll do it every time, okay? Um, uh, What is something you think is overrated, Allison? Oh, okay. This doesn't cast me in a good light, but honestly, (laughs) at this point, I think changing your clothes is overrated. Mm. I have felt embarrassed about the fact that I really hunkered down and embraced like two outfits. Uh, It's the same black exercise pants every day. And then it's one of two different blue T-shirts. And then it's this hoodie. I think that I was wearing this last time I saw you. Um, <laughs> and and I did recently purchase clo- clothes to change it up for my Zooms. So at least there the public facing me, there's a little bit of variety. But otherwise, I'm basically wearing the same thing. Um, the other, It's gotten to the point where I'll say to Elliot, my, my older son i'll say i need to go change clothes he goes oh you need to put your blue shirt on (laughs) explain to him that there's two different blue shirts that looks one is crew neck one's v-neck but um (laughs) yeah i just feel like uh so be it it's just easy i have a uniform at this point Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely are you guys changing it up no very little very very little i feel like and at this point yeah i i have it's so weird because i feel like i or I've organized my clothes five trillion times since quarantine started, just as a nervous habit. But then I I don't wear any of them. There I just wear <laughs> the, the same three shirts, and then pants especially. Like shirts, I get self conscious about where I'm like, okay, I can't have the same shirt on on Zoom, you know, five days in a row. Pants, that's a free for all. You could mm-hmm. yeah. do none. You could do one. I was like looking. I was like, oh, I forgot how. Ha- that I have more than one pair of pants. I don't want to know what's going on in their lives right yeah. now. But, <laughs> but they exist. Forgot. Yeah. yeah. One pants, I think, is uh, the over-under for me for, for a given week. <laughs> is, one, is one pants. Just the one pants. <laughs> yeah. 
What is something you think is underrated? This might not be underrated for most people, but in my life, it was underrated. Having the proper storage system. I Mm. am a messy person. I come from a line of messy people. As my dad said about my mom, she's the messiest person I've ever met. Um, and she's, it's not that she's slothful. She just doesn't know how to organize and doesn't know how to like purge. And so I, and I, I know I sound like an adult blaming my mom for something. Maybe it was not her job to, to pass this along to me, but somehow I just like never accrued the knowledge and the know-how to be an organized person who doesn't have just clutter on like mm-hmm. every horizontal surface. It's just a thing that I, I don't know. Like my husband is not, he's also messy, but it's not as bad as me. I just don't know how to do it. But anyway, I, there was this article I read on The Cut and it was like, here's how I organize my small bathroom. And I actually have a pretty good sized bathroom, but I bought some of the under cabinet storage drawers that she recommended. Mm-hmm. And I put them in the under the sink area And all of a sudden, everything that was just a big pile of crap before is like neatly organized. And when I open it, I just feel this sense of calm wash over me. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is how people do it. My problem, in addition to hoarding too much crap, my problem is that I've just never I don't have the right shelves and drawer like the right kind of storage system can make your space Again, I'm saying something everyone knows. The right kind of storage system can make your space not feel totally out of control. And I've just now, never I'm, done that before. One counterpoint to that is okay. uh, my, my <laughs> wife and I are both very messy uh, people who are very like ADD. And we have found that we have a problem with clutter from organizational products. Like we oh. have... We Whoa. have container store shit like everywhere. We have <laughs> probably 30 books about like living with ADD <laughs> yeah. without like medication. Like, yeah, it, it can be a problem if you don't stick to it. So it is good. It's good that like really making a plan and sticking to it as opposed to uh, just having drawers upon drawers and like keeping the ones when they break uh, because you bought mm-hmm. like some cheap plastic mm-hmm. uh, shelving. Isn't that the most beautiful like poetry in the world when you're just like laying in a pile of depression books <laughs> like, <laughs> that are yes. just like spine uncracked and you're like any t- any day now. <laughs> yes. I have a book called Clutter's Last Stand that I've never opened. Uh, <laughs> it is clutter. That's a Custer reference. Yeah, it that is. That fucking rules. <laughs> <laughs> Clutter's what last is stand. That? Who is the audience? <laughs> uh, just me for the yeah. joke. <laughs> it's just me. Someday. I am going to have to go out and buy that book now, <laughs> unfortunately, for my household. Uh, all right, guys, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about what's happening in the news. And we're back. And the Trump, I, I don't know. Like, should we the even Trump? talk <laughs> the, Trump. the Trump? The Trump, uh, I mean, if you still follow him on Twitter, do you guys still follow him on Twitter? 
I never did. He was, was tweeted smart. into my timeline often, and then I would, or I would see people talking about something, so I would then go to his page just to uh, see what was going on. But I never actually followed him. Mm. Yeah, I was kind of similar. Where I'm like, well, if if I end up needing to see one of these, it, it'll probably show up in my feed anyways <laughs> as a quote tweet from someone. So, and so far. I don't think I've missed a damn tweet. That's the thing. It's like you don't even really need to follow him right. to see every single thing that he tweets at some point, whether you like it or not. It's beautiful. Yeah, that's a good point. And it is beautiful. You are right about that. <laughs> I, I feel like Twitter makes certain assumptions about me based on the fact that I still follow him. And therefore, it's like a lower bar for his tweets to make it into whatever they're like algorithmically selected feed is that they that they give me but i'm still seeing a lot of him just being like we won we're gonna win this one we're gonna win that one we did it folks yeah so one thing that actually made it into the news and not just was like his load of tweets was that he actually reached out to the michigan election board people who had certified the vote after saying they weren't going to certify it uh, because they were racist. And then they attempted to rescind their certification, which seems like it should be illegal for the president of the actual United States to call like these low level like election workers and like pressure them to cheat for him in the election. He claimed or someone claimed that he just called one of them because he wanted to check on her safety after she had received threats Right. And like either was doxxed or received threats of doxing. But um, I don't think so. That doesn't uh, seem no. like something he would do. It's so it's like I, I feel like that we, we talk about stuff like this all the time. But it's like I guess that that is just I feel like sometimes when the Trump administration does stuff like this, you're like, oh, I guess that that is a law that is worth writing down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not exactly. Right. Like, I guess we do have to write that one down. And in general, like doxing, uh, there should be like better laws in regards to doxing people, because I feel like that. I don't know, so much of that kind of area of the law, which I am a genius in because I'm a lawyer, <laughs> uh, is, uh, seems like it doesn't really, I don't know. It's, it's because old people write laws and old people don't know how computers work. That's the problem. Right. Uh, yeah, this shouldn't be legal to do. It's like intimidation. Mm-hmm. Yes. And did they say why, on, like, on what grounds they were rescinding their vote? Yeah, I mean, their whole thing all along has been like the elections and like these votes are like complicated enough things that if you just like point to one like part of the process that these that the Republicans have put in place to make it so that you can like make it extremely hard for people to vote, you can just be like, oh, those signatures don't match up. So that's what they're claiming. They're like, the signatures don't match. Right. right. But I mean, the. When they voted, so they said that they're gonna not. If I if I get the, this is what I this is I think the timeline. They said they're gonna they aren't gonna certify, and everyone was like, "What?" And then they unanimously certified, and then they tried to rescind the certification after Trump called them. Right. Right. I think so. Yeah. For what reason were they gonna rescind? They just changed their mind. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. I feel yeah. like I, I'm going to need a little more. I'm going to need a little more of a reason From than them. just, yeah, because it's a real no give backs at this point. I'm glad you Final said that answer. because we have them with us on oh. the show today, uh, <laughs> joining us from, 
No, uh, the yeah, it doesn't seem like we're getting a lot of really great logic other than that initial, <laughs> right. uh, you know, thing. And then they're like, actually, we thought about it again, and like, like the only reason we rescinded pretty, the it? rescension was because people were being mean to us. Isn't uh, it funny? I feel like that's something that I uh, throughout this whole these whole last four years, I've just realized how little you have to offer anything that makes sense. And then if you just stand by that, people just let it slide. For example, mm -hmm. if I want to reschedule a podcast appearance or a podcast guest, I feel like I have to offer more than just, hey, like I, I usually give a reason why. Not that the per and I'm sure it's not necessary, but in general, the way I conduct my life is that I, I want to be rational. I want to make sense. All these things right. are weaknesses. You know, I, I don't, I'm not capricious, but they never offer any of that. And then they just stand by it and people just accept it. It's kind of, yeah. And it is bizarre to watch. I mean, it's like, we've been watching it for so long, but they don't give any reason for doing stuff like this. And then you just see that their base then has to justify it right. in real time they're like oh well yeah like they don't even say this is why i'm doing this awful thing they're like oh well he's probably doing this awful thing because blah, 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 because right. jp morgan sunk the titanic or whatever <laughs> right <laughs> that's yeah. right and there's also literally no stakes for them to rescind their certification because the as the michigan secretary of state said uh there is no legal mechanism for them to rescind their vote their job is done we're we're on to the next part Right. Um, and it doesn't seem like the whole thing seems like they're just putting threads out there just to, you know, give because they know that their base is going to just like grab onto anything and make it into, you know, it will pick up momentum because that is just how like his relationship with his base works. So they sure. can throw these threads out there. They have no legal standing. Uh, they then like they're doing a thing. Rudy Giuliani showed up in a courtroom in Pennsylvania and like called the judge the wrong name, called the other lawyer that angry man over there, uh, claimed that Biden winning in 11 of the biggest cities in America was proof of fraud, even though there's like it's nobody like it would have been surprising or, you know, even suspicious if he hadn't yeah. won in those cities. Uh, and then uh, got directions to the nearest martini bar and fucked off. And then on the way out was like, like literally they were talking about where the nearest martini, like best martini bar in town is him and the judge. Um, Jesus. All these public officials that are just like dining al fresco. It's I just want to like, I don't know, die. I just yeah. want to die. I do, too. It's oh my so God. nice. Oh, <laughs> wow. I was disappoint I don't know if you guys have talked about this on the show. I was really disappointed to see those pictures of Newsom, who yeah. in general I like. Mm. Um I know people have a lot of prop. In general I I I like him um to see those pictures of him at French Laundry and it looked like an indoor dinner with no masks. Yeah, like, with that like is medical professionals. Bad, oh, I thought it was outdoor. That's oh, why it? I was totally cool with it. And thought, okay. <laughs> I hope it was outdoors. Maybe it was outdoors. I, mean, um, it doesn't matter. I I don't know if I read something that it was like he was getting pressure from donors who wanted access to him. Because well, you're the know. fucking governor, dude. Like you uh I can't I mean I personally cannot stand Newsom. I just like he's just so frustrating, but that is just it's so it is really um 
stunning to watch how quickly the like back to normal rhetoric is just like whatever establishment politicians just going back on their bullshit like it's just it's so fucking frustrating but then Ugh. the people who are like see that's proof that there's nothing to worry about like that's not my interpretation of it my interpretation no. of it is they're willing to take a risk but we shouldn't be taking risks because it is scary out there my interpretation of it is that he like <laughs> doesn't feel the need to play by the rules that he's setting. That's what's really frustrating me about how this is being handled in in certain states and on city levels is like it's just like the whatever the the mayor of L.A. and the governor of the state are constantly being like, wear a mask. It's not that hard. And trying to like keep people's spirits up by being mm. like, we're all in this together. We've got this. But they will not take any decisive action. Like it's, it's just like forcing it on the individual, which is just like being too cowardly to make a policy. Like they're just, they're right. like, I, it just drive, it, it, it drives me up a wall the way that it's just, I mean, I feel like by his doing that, he just demonstrated that he is not willing to, like he doesn't view himself as needing to play by the own rules that he's yeah. constantly signaling undermined his message i'm in burbank and i get these emails i signed up for these emails from the city and mm -hmm. there was one just about how the you know the numbers and how there's a rise and we all need to be extra careful and they're gonna you know we're going back to like this level of lockdown and they didn't use the word lockdown but like as such here are the changes and it's like you know, businesses and restaurants that operate indoors will have to cap it at like 50%. And it's like all this, all this stuff where it's like, that's not going to do it. <laughs> like we need yeah. something a little more. And I, I know that there's a cost benefit analysis and that it's bad for businesses and bubble. You know, I get that it's way more complicated than just me sitting here saying we need to shut down, but health wise we do. Right. Yeah, it's like there's a there's a body count attached to them yeah. not doing anything. It's just I uh we're being <laughs> failed on such a gigantic level. Yes. It just uh it makes me sweaty all day. Well, one thing that I think we also have to consider, guys, is that there is a war on Thanksgiving happening. <laughs> That's true. That, That's uh yeah. So this was actually something uh our writer JM pointed out that uh last year there was an article in i think the huffington post that was basically raising the question of like how what is the carbon footprint of thanksgiving because mm -hmm. it's the biggest travel day of the year people are flying all over the place uh we go we like gorge on food and then you know fly back home so uh what is that doing to the environment uh, does it matter? And their their conclusion was <laughs> like, like, no, here it, it is. They're they're <laughs> like, yeah, it's not good, but like we still do it. Uh, but Fo so Fox and Friends last year uh, were all over this shit. Tucker Carlson was all over it. Cancel culture has turned on the holiday of Thanksgiving, <laughs> telling America cancel Thanksgiving because of the carbon footprint. Uh, that that's that was their analysis of that. So they have been just fucking dying for a war on Thanksgiving. Like they've been creating one even when there wasn't one, uh, when people weren't asking you not to travel on Thanksgiving. So now that we actually have a life and death reason to not travel on Thanksgiving, they uh, are aroused. They're so excited about this. Um, <laughs> They're getting frothy, baby. They've yeah, got yeah. a heart on for the death yeah. of Thanksgiving. Yeah. So it usually, obviously, involves traveling across the country. 
uh, congregating indoors with groups of other people, some of whom may be older. So the government is now saying, like, maybe don't do that. Maybe don't travel across the country to sit in a room without masks with your elderly relatives. And whoo, they're mad. They're mad about this. They're mad. Uh, even, even Mississippi... I uh, issued a statement <laughs> where the Mississippi Free Press uh, posted a thing from their government saying, after big Thanksgiving dinners, plan small Christmas funerals, health experts warn, uh, oh which God. I appreciate that coming from Mississippi. Um, oh, but yeah. How exciting yeah. from like an ad copy standpoint that they can come up with something so clever and succinct. Yeah. I Shout out to Mississippi. Uh, but Turning Point USA's Charlie Kirk... Um, you know, was very excited to address this. Uh, he did look like a divorced father uh, <laughs> who was incredibly hungover in the in the uh, video where he was addressing it. But he said, the left hates Thanksgiving because they think there is nothing you should be thankful for in America. <laughs> and they're using the virus as an excuse not to be thankful, uh, which I don't know. It's ridiculous. Also, oh, sorry. He also said that Thanksgiving is a religious holiday where we thank God. That is not my understanding like, of it. No, right. it's just like a weird celebration of American colonialism. Yeah. That's not a religion. Well, I mean, I guess for some people it is, but like that, that's. <laughs> I think it's a passion for some people. It is. But it's not a theology, theological people. thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. But going back to that uh, Huffington Post article from a while ago where they were looking at the carbon footprint of Thanksgiving and, and what they realized was, like, like you said, it's travel that's like the, the biggest footprint. If I were a turkey, I'd be like, hello! <laughs> <laughs> what about us? It's not the travel. Yeah. What about the, this massacre? Uh, yeah. So I say that as someone who does eat turkey, but I, I don't feel good about it. Monster. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, it is it is like I don't know I feel like at least we have some idea of how this argument is going to be framed because the war on Christmas media has been going on for so long that you're absolutely. like oh they've just have pivoted to a different holiday uh, but it is it is so like bizarre that I feel like a lot of the arguments are framed like, well, everyone on the left hates their family and love and America. You're, yeah. Brutal. Right. It's like this attack on America. What about a disease? It's a hoax, um, though. So it is a hoax, obviously. Uh, but it's just a honestly, it's just a way that they can microchip us all and sterilize us. Because that's what you. Bill Gates and wants I'm to not do. gonna have. We've it. all been saying uh, that for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Yes, they're gonna punch you in the face and give you a bloody nose because you aren't doing the microchipping, and then they're gonna send you to heaven. Uh, you can't wait I don't for know someone if you to saw pull that this clip out of context. <laughs> it's like, true, Look though. At how they talk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we talked about how Kaylee McEnany was saying that it's Orwellian to ask people not to gather in large groups over the holiday. Uh, Fox Fox Business host Charles Payne called Cuomo's uh, gathering restrictions a separation of families, uh, just mm -hmm. as like an actual like. Fuck you to the human decency. Separation of families. Yeah. Right. Um, By the way, how is that? I haven't read everything in Orwell's body of work, but how is saying not to gather with your family Orwellian? Like, did that happen in any of his books? I don't. There's a lot that <laughs> yeah. is Orwellian, but I don't think 
uh, I don't think uh, preserving holiday gatherings was or yeah. I don't right? think Orwell tackled that. I don't. I mean, I, w- I I wouldn't be caught dead reading a book, but I don't think so. <laughs> that doesn't doesn't yeah. sound like it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna be reading Andrew Cuomo's book. Just kidding. Do you see yes. that he's writing a book? Yeah, it's him? out. I think it's, it's yeah. I think it just got released like, about how he successfully managed the pandemic that is oh, still no. going on. Leadership in the time of COVID. Uh, it's his sequel <laughs> to Love in the Time of Cholera, where he just. <laughs> Finish the fucking job you before you cash in on it. I hate everybody. Well, yeah, it's a form of magical realism, I guess. <laughs> um, Laura Ingram is claiming. I don't know why. Why am I continuing to? Uh, because read it's these? so odious what they're yeah. saying. It's mm-hmm. so silly and ridiculous, and and they're all saying basically the same thing. Yeah, and the followers are eating it up, and actually. You know, I mean, it's so basic, this thing of like the way that you get people to follow you is you make them believe that they are being persecuted and that someone is trying to take away their freedom and their way of life. And they're all following this playbook and it's working and it's gross. Yeah, it is working, though. I mean, she did nail us because she pointed out that we worship at the altar of Fauci, which I don't know mm. if you guys have set up your uh, altars yet for yes, the Thanksgiving I, holiday. I, but I have one in each room. So my godless family oh, and I have set Fauci. up some, yeah, some candles and uh, just a picture of him. Uh, shirtless Photoshop work is uh, putting in the hours. So one thing J.M., a writer who is from Canada, pointed out is that Canada celebrates Thanksgiving in October. So we've already had a North American Thanksgiving uh, under our belt. And there was a spike in COVID cases afterwards that people think uh, might be the reason uh, because people were traveling and going to see family on Thanksgiving. Interesting theory. I wonder if there's anything to Hmm. it. Hmm. Uh, if only yeah, there was yeah. some way to know yes yes uh, alright let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about Christmas decoration and we're back and Jamie um, yeah. I noticed on Twitter that you've been <laughs> You you tweeted uh, a truly cursed uh, Christmas tree ornament that mm-hmm. uh, I can't believe exists, and and uh, you are telling me that there are more of these is what I'm yes. gathering. So this year is uh, my first year living with my partner and living in a place that a, a Christmas tree could sort of fit. So we, yeah. I'm I like have been shopping for like a fake apartmenty sized Christmas tree. So that is how I came across these ornaments. It appears that thousands of them have been sold uh, and they're all about 2020. I'm going to drop some of them into the chat and then just kind of describe them. But just keep in mind for people listening that every word I'm about to say is in a different font and uh, <laughs> and, and that it's accompanied by a cute little clip art. Did you get my first one? Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. It says 2020. It's and I have to imagine this has to be the size of a dinner plate because it says so many things. 
It says, shop online, wash those hands, clean and organize. What day is it? Binge watching, Zoom. What's your temp? That one's sinister. Stay home, <laughs> curbside pickup, home workouts, survive the TP shortage. That is also very harped on is the TP shortage. Face masks, flatten the curve. YouTube, game nights. And my YouTube? Favorite. <laughs> and then it just says global pandemic. And yes. that's an ornament you can put on your tree if you... And then uh, there, here's another one. Uh, I'll, they're all sorry. Uh, real very... quick, YouTube, yeah. Any questions? What is what is uh, I YouTube? This. Is that is that some new uh, thing that the pandemic gave us? YouTube. Or, so, as the designer of these ornaments, <laughs> uh, I I'm really hoping we can get some organic interest in uh, in the parent market in YouTube uh, via these <laughs> ornaments. So I'm hoping we can really get everyone excited about YouTube right in time for the this holidays. Is such a can great... I just say how much I hate this? this is, <laughs> I mean, I just couldn't hate it more. I hate that they're making. They're like this is like the but first coffee of a global pandemic with yes. a death toll. It's yes. so cutesy. It's like this is like something you'd make of with like inside jokes from your family reunion in 1998. Like this is making yeah. me want to barf. That yeah. is kill someone. That's the font game being delivered here. It's very like wine o'clock kind yes. of graphic yes. design. Uh, so the next one is says <laughs> a year to remember. This one's formatted like a checklist, but there is a lot of clip art. A year to remember. Toilet paper shortage. Check. <laughs> Mask wearing. Check. Hand sanitizer. Check. Drive by parties. Check. Curbside pickup. Work from home. Quarantine. Travel ban. Social distancing. Online school. Sports canceled. And worldwide pandemic check. <laughs> and then Who's the 2020. Is it looks like Zio Zio. So it. Zozo. Like, yeah. It's real Led Zeppelin y. Who can remember? Who can forget the Zozo? Um, the, I hate this too. The last one I'd like to share is uh, maybe the worst one. It's, uh, it's the 12 days of coronavirus mm. in the 2020. So it. <laughs> I think Allison is actually physically getting ill. Uh, <laughs> I won't. Yeah. I won't sing the whole thing, but it goes. No, like you can. No, you must. Order. You have. Okay. To. Okay. You know. <laughs> okay. I've set myself up for this. <laughs> I did. I was just cackling when I because they're all on like the best selling ornaments. Like they're like these are the top ones. Oh there's really? A of, there's oh, a lot. These of, aren't yeah, just like a lot of people that are going to have the these dregs of. Oh man! All no, right. they're like the top. Okay. So, so on the twelfth, okay. the twelve days of Christmas, Corona gave to me is what we're. Yeah, the pandemic uh, gave to me twelve canceled plans, eleven face masks, ten sanitizers, sanitizer. nine murder hornets, <laughs> nine murder <laughs> hornets, eight Zoom calls, seven mental breakdowns, six feet apart. That's Ay. good. Five curbside pickups. <laughs> Four quarantines. Three travel restrictions. Two Karen's complaining and a massive shortage of TP. Nailed it. I think it. that's a really nailed it. That's a really bold move to say two Karen's complaining for right. an ornament that is clearly being marketed at Karen's. To like, and by it's, Karen's, yeah. It's self, a bold, yeah, like self-aware Karen's, if that's possible. <laughs> so those are yeah, those are the most cursed uh, coronavirus themed ornaments um they are they are topping the charts on jeff bezos's little experiment 
And uh, yeah, they're, they're they're the worst shit I've ever seen. But they're all all three of those are in the top ten right now. Now is he the YouTube guy, uh, Jeff Bezos? Or who's, who's I don't that? think he's managed to to get to YouTube. I think he should probably Got start it. a channel, though. I think it would be very well received. These are all like if there was a conversation starters for dummies twenty twenty. Like these are all like how about See, the murder hornets? Am I right? I'm, already imagining a scenario where i discover that someone i like has these ornaments i mean i'm mm-hmm. buying all of them okay uh, i don't know i don't presume to say you like me but uh, they I these did. will all be on my uh, christmas tree <laughs> i have i have found all three of these off of amazon um if if you're not if you're not doing amazon uh you can still get these hideous or- ornaments and uh i feel like i'm going to get one yeah, I'm just trying as, to figure out. Yeah. Just as like a relic, not as a, I'm not even going to hang it up. I'm just going to put it in a drawer and then someday my children will be like, what's that? And and I'll have to ex- sing that song to them. Why do you think YouTube is on, is on that first one? Just, I, I'm just, I know this is not the I most, like that the silliest thing. Why did they just find out about YouTube during the pandemic? Do you think? Well, as the graphic designer, I just learned about YouTube earlier this year and so it's been a it's been a big year for me and youtube and i'm gonna i'm not gonna describe this one but there's there's just so many there's so many fonts and youtube is uh not it there's not more the than, youtube font there's more not the youtube font <laughs> but there's more than one ornament that says youtube on it as as if we were all as if we've all agreed on this i don't i don't quite get it did they... Maybe the idea is like you finally have time to stay home and watch YouTube, <laughs> like we've always <laughs> dreamed. Yeah. But like, they're do they think that that's what people who are doing? Do they think TikTok is YouTube? Oh, oh, oh that's wait, a good is theory. TikTok YouTube? Am I? <laughs> how do we? How would we ever know? <laughs> I don't. There's no way to tell you guys. That's um, a, that's actually a good call. The font situation in the one you just sent. Is awful. There's like so many essential so workers mad. is in a like horror movie font. Yep. Um, virtual learning, just the the use of white space, and I'm not a graphic designer at all, but the use of white space under virtual learning is very upsetting to me. I hate this one. I hate it's the most gross. just on aesthetics. <laughs> Face masks. There's too many serifs happening. It's very ugly. Thermometer is in. First of all, it just is thermometer. Yeah, uh, in unreadable cursive. <laughs> Wait, where is that? That's oh, I, in just the... sent, I just sent a fourth. You sent one. a fourth? <laughs> There's so many. Thermometer. <laughs> just hey, what about thermometer. these thermometers? I, I think that's one that even like the worst like conversation starter attempt like would still be like, what? Huh? You mean <laughs> right? Uh, how about this uh, year, right? 2020 with the uh, the thermometer. <laughs> Am I right? You know. And huh? these essential workers. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's brutal. Is that, does that, oh, birthday parades. Okay, birthday parade, yeah. I they was did like, a I think- very bad job of writing parades. <laughs> that is like, that is a nightmare. I, I th- the horror font that says essential workers is just straight up offensive. That's really, that one is a bad one. <laughs> there, I, <laughs> they did do it in a horror yeah, movie font. I, I hadn't even noticed that. Like, but it is a total that. <laughs> yeah, like someone wrote that in blood on a mirror. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sorry that I 
showed these to you, but I couldn't keep the fact that mm. someone somewhere is making a ton of money off making these hideous ornaments and uh and people seem to be on board if you've purchased one of these uh ornaments reach out to me please. right <laughs> i mean this is i'm sure there will be like more professionally designed and like workshopped covid 2020 themed ornaments coming at us there but are, this just feels are. like the the internet writ large like people who use who do their graphic design in microsoft word like found this <laughs> shortage before anybody else and was like, okay. And now everyone's like must buy. And so it guys, it's such a sinister market. I know it's, it's so funny that this is, people are so desperate for this stuff. They're just eating it up. When I was a kid, uh, I was very, very into Michael Jackson. I did. I don't think it, people knew yet that he was problematic. Mm. Um, but this was yet, you know, ages before that. And we were going to Knott's Berry Farm, and I had something that was sort of popular among crafty people at the time, which was a button maker. You could make your own buttons. And it was like the button makers have come a long way. But at this point, <laughs> there was like all these different layers of like you do the paper and then the backing and the plastic. And then you had to pull this crank um, to put it all together, which yep. I was not strong enough to do. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. So I made all these Michael Jack because I was like, I want I'm going to Knott's Berry Farm and I want to display my love of Michael Jackson. So I made all these homemade Michael there? Jackson. Yeah. yeah, I know. He could be anywhere. These homemade Michael Jackson buttons mm -hmm. thinking that I was original. And then I got there and there were all these cool older teenagers with their professional. Listen, if you were going to Knott's Berry Farm at this time and you liked Michael Jackson, you had to wear buttons. I didn't know mm -hmm. this. I thought I had invented it. Then there was all these older, cool teenagers with their professional store-bought Michael Jackson buttons. And my homemade Michael Jackson buttons to their store-bought ones are these ornaments to, to more professional-looking yeah. ornaments. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are... I need to own these. Like these, are, these are the the good ones. These are the ones that you're gonna be like bragging that you have uh, there, in the future. Yeah. Don't There's, don't wait for the smooth, the shiny, uh, fancy. There's uh, a establishment ton of fancier 2020. ones. <laughs> yeah. There's like San oh, there there's like the okay. the resin ones where Santa's holding a sack full of cleaning supplies oh, and like uh, <laughs> there's a it's. But those are those are no fun. There's a lot of yeah, there's suck. Rudolph in a mask, Santa in a mask, Snoopy in a mask, the Grinch in a mask. Really, every sinister Christmas property they have in it mask. in a mask yeah. on an ornament for twenty dollars. But the best part about these horrible ornaments is that they all cost four dollars because at least they're like self aware. <laughs> what era Michael Jackson was it, Allison? Ah, uh, this was Thriller. Okay, Thriller, yeah. I got so into Michael Jackson during the bad era that my friend and I did a concert where we lip synced, lip lip sank, uh, lip synced to the bad album, uh, and invited all our neighbors over. And uh, were they into it? No, no. Oh, they, sorry. We I were been. seven, and they like were actively like unimpressed. They were like, "Oh, this is. Why are you making us watch this?" Um, <laughs> Anyways, we're having a reunion concert uh, coming up, so people will uh, once the wow 
Oh, you should do it virtually. People need that yeah, during this time. <laughs> yes. Now more than ever. Go on, yeah. Jack. Here's an idea. Go on YouTube oh. and stream it there. Is I think a lot of people are catching on. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. are catching on. Uh, hell yeah. Allison, it's been a pleasure, as always, having you on the Daily Zeitgeist. Where can people uh, find you, follow you? Uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Allison Rosen, just one L and an I, so A-L-I-S-O-N, Rosen. Um, listen to my podcast, Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend, uh, guest on Monday. It comes out Monday and Thursday, and on Monday I will have Tim Heidecker. Uh, and nice. I'm putting my uh, the Monday shows now on YouTube. So YouTube.com slash Allison Rosen. Please go subscribe because I'm basing my self-worth on that subscriber number. And it's not doing well right now. Uh, my self-worth, that is. And then also my parenting-ish podcast that I do with comedian Greg Fitzsimmons is called Childish. So go check out both of those. Nice. Is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Yes. Oh, can I plug one more thing of mine? Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you. Sorry. I have a book out. Uh, it is called Tropical Attire Encouraged and Other Phrases That Scare Me. And it's just essays, funny essays. Um, yeah. Okay, so a tweet that I've been enjoying, it's by Eden Dranger, and it says, this is a pro hot dog account. If you don't like hot dogs, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even like hot dogs. I just appreciate the succinct sentiment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. just It cracked me up. Absolutely. I love I love a hard stance on a on a non topic. Yeah, <laughs> that is kind of what my so the Monday show is an interview on my show, and then the Thursday show is like a a panel group show, and it really is just talking about like minutia and having opinions about it. Hell yeah, yeah. Uh, Jamie, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jamie Loftus Help, Instagram at Jamie Cray Superstar. Uh, my new podcast, Lolita Podcast, uh, yeah, yeah. comes out on Monday. We'll talk more about that tomorrow, I think. And I'm going to shout out, it's my best friend's birthday today. And she has an amazing Twitter account. So I'm going to shout out her entire account in general. Uh, her name's Julia Claire. Uh, at Julia tweets. Uh, the tweet I will choose is uh, her tweet that says, "Once again, find myself thinking about my favorite headline of all time, and it's a Fox News story that says society is creating a new crop of alpha women who are unable to love." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, Fox is the best, right? Am I right? Let's see a tweet I've been enjoying. Anha tweeted, getting bored of 69 and 420, they should release new funny numbers. Right. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode. Well, is the song we ride out on? Uh, I don't have a song we can ride out on. Oh, uh, uh, Anna hit the hit the group text saying "The Edge of New Clothes" by Open Mike Eagle from his new album. Oh, hell yeah! Uh, and today we are going to ride out on uh, "The Edge of New Clothes" from Open Mike Eagle, a recent guest on the Daily Zeitgeist. He has a new album out that is so good, so dope. Uh, people need to check it out. Uh, this is 
one of the best songs off of it. Uh, so we are going to ride out on that. Uh, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Yeah. Lying on the edge of the cliff Watching everything fall down Lying on the edge of the world I ain't afraid of anything Lying on the edge of a cliff Watching everything fall down Lying on the edge of the world I ain't afraid of anything Ain't nothing fun, just dumb and emotional I'm steady trying to separate fun from promotional I'm doing what I'm supposed to do Doing what I want to do, I set myself